0: Well known verse for um, apologetics. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Let's pray. Lord, we um, come before you, God, and um, just so blessed after a wonderful service. Um, Father, we pray now that you would help us um, understand um, the basics um, of this religion, God, and how uh, the holes that that are in it, Lord, that we might um, be encouraged in our faith and that we might be equipped to share the gospel and be prepared to give a defense Um, for the hope that is within us, Lord. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, So why do you you think, should we learn about um, world religions, cults? Why do you think it's beneficial? Why a series on the cults, responding to the cults to other world religions? Does anybody have some thoughts? Can just open it for discussion here, Jen right right yeah there 's nothing uh, i wouldn 't say there 's nothing worse, but it, it's just it feels awkward right when you 're talking to somebody and you don 't know what they believe, right, especially when they say like a well known religion like like today like Judaism. You know, we know what, what Jews are, and we kind of basically know what they believe, but I was surprised to find a lot of things uh, in, in their basic doctrine, right? Um, go ahead, Susan. Uh, with many cults, they can use the same language that we do, like mm-hmm. salvation, Christ uh, as the uh, uh, sacrifice for our sin. Right. Uh, That's great. We talk about God or the Father, we can be talking about two totally different things yeah. and talk past each other. Mm-hmm. We've done that with Mormons, and so it's really nice to know when they say Jesus, who's that Jesus they're talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. It's not ours. That's great. Yeah, I think uh, Walter Martin has a whole chapter on that in Kingdom of the Cults, uh, the precision of language or something like that. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? <clears throat> what does it do for us in learning these things? Anybody? I think it encourages our faith, right? Mm-hmm. It, it gives us to know that we are, our faith is a reasonable faith and it makes sense, right? Uh, we don't want to be blind followers, right? Or uh, what is known as fideism, right? Oh, the Bible says, and the Bible says because the Bible says, right? Go ahead, Chile. I was going to say, it helps beautify God because you see the mind this challenges that other believers. Right. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, like, can you say it a little louder? It helps to beautify the gospel compared to other religions. It Shows uh, their completeness. In the yeah, that the Christianity is is, uh, is integral, right? It, it responds every uh, every question, right? Um, um, every. Doubt, right? We have an answer, right? I love that. Amen. Okay, so today we'll talk about Judaism, right? Who here has ever encountered, talked to, a, you know, a Jew or gone to a synagogue before, right? Yeah. oh, some of you, great. I recently, uh, it was kind of interesting that uh, I, I was, uh, I was the last one to pick all of the of the topics and Judaism and Eastern. A mysticism was was the ones that were left for me, and it's interesting because I just came from Nashville back to San Diego, and on the on the way back, I sat next to an Orthodox Jew, and I was really curious to know what he uh, believed and the differences between you know different kinds of Jews, and I was able to pick his brain a little bit. He didn't even talk a little bit about Jesus, um, but you know once that it got to that point, he just kind of stopped. <laughs> wanting wanted to talk, you know, but. Um, yeah, Judaism, who, who, who are the Jews, right? Um, they're the Israelites, the, the ones that come from Judah, you can say, um, the, the sons of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? Um, the ones that, that God gave the promises to, God gave the law to, right? Israel, my elect, right? We all know uh, who are the Jews. There's about 15 million in the world today, and... There's like, uh, Charlie was kind of, where's Charlie? He was kind of sh- uh, explaining to me the, the differences between these different types of uh, sects between uh, uh, Jews. You have Orthodox, you have Reformed, Reconstructionist, and it's kind of the same between like, and then Christianity. We have liberal Christianity, conservative Christianity, right? And so, uh, 15 million Jews, and, and most of them, you'll see that are, they're not really practicing Jew, uh, Jews, Right? Um, and, and and really, the difference is what this man told me in the airplane is between, you know, Hasidic Jews, Orthodox Jews, all these different kinds of Jews, is to what extent do they follow the law? Or to what extent do they take literal the law? Like some, you know, Orthodox Jews take the, 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 the Messiah as something literal. He's going to be a literal person coming to the earth. Where more a liberal approach might be, oh, it's going to be like a, a time of peace. It's, it's all figurative. It's, it's not literal, right? It's going to be a messianic reign in the sense that it's, it's just going to be a time of world peace. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. So I want to talk about core beliefs in um, four points. And then I just want to respond to those beliefs with the scriptures. Is that fair? It's really simple. So um, number one, what do they believe about God and the scriptures? Number one. Uh, number one, God in the scriptures, they're, they're monotheistic, right? They don't believe in many God. that's polytheism, they believe in one God, mono, one, theistic, or theism, uh, which is deity, one deity, right? And in a sense, we can say it's the, it's the same God of that we believe in the Old Testament, right? They deny the Trinity, so that's where we can get, well... It's, it's the same God, but it's a different God, right? It, it we can say that. It's the same God as in, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they deny the deity of Christ. They deny the Holy Spirit probably as a person, right? And, um, and, and, and God is one, right? The, the Shema says that the, God, the, the, the Lord your God is, is one, right? So they believe in monotheism. Um, God has chosen Israel as his people, um, to be a holy people unto Him, right? To be the elect people of God, to be His servants, His king, the, the kings and priests of Him, right? Uh, we see that in Exodus 19, and He also chosen to be a light to the nations, right? That through Israel, uh, the world will know true religion and true morality through the Israelites and how they live. We see that in Isaiah, all over Isaiah, really, but Isaiah 42:6. The relationship with God is, is covenantal, right? So they, they, they uh, base their religion, their, their way of life, um, based on the promise given to Abraham, the covenant made with Abraham, and the covenant made with Israel through Moses. The scriptures are the Old Testament, the Tanakh. Uh, and They believe it's divinely inspired. It, it is the word of God, right? Specifically, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible are, are cherished, right? They're, they're uh, uh, held in, in great esteem. And obviously, re- they reject the New Testament as divinely um, inspired. It's not divinely inspired, right? So that's what they believe about God and the scriptures. Number two, uh, salvation and the afterlife. Th- there's no real concept of personal salvation in Judaism. Right? They would say that's a Christian doctrine of you need to be saved. And they would say, like, saved from what? Right? Uh, there's no real personal salvation or a doctrine of personal salvation in Judaism. But the way one is saved, for us to understand, is one must try their best to follow and obey the 613 commandments, or they call it the, the mitzvot, right, found in Jewish law. Everything from dietary laws from uh, uh, reciting prayers, I think they pray uh, um, three times a day. They recite the Shema three times a day, observing the Sabbath, right? And all these other, uh, all, all the law found in, in the Old Testament, in, in the Tanakh, right? It's a simple merit, good works system of salvation. It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. I remember asking him that this this man in in the airplane. Well, you know. What is the way to, to be saved? You know, he, just a simple answer. Oh, you just follow the law. Keep the law, right? And, and do that as best as you can. And uh, we'll, we'll see how we can respond to that later. A uh, relationship with God is, is a personal, spiritual one, right? There, there's no mediator between God and man. It's just straight to the God, and it's, it's a personal, um, intimate relationship with God. And they expect, a, if anything, of salvation, they expect a physical salvation, right? A physical, corporal salvation where God will save Israel, and he will gather them back um, from the nations, back to Israel, right? And, re- and, and really, uh, the concept of the afterlife is kind of like a mystery in Judaism. They don't really dwell on it. They don't really th- teach on it. It's kind of like, since the Old Testament really doesn't give much detail of the afterlife, it's, they kind of just... You know, expect it to be, you know, um, something like here on earth, right? Uh, where there's community and there's peace on earth, right? Um, and they obviously deny the doctrine of hell, right? And they believe in a type of annihilation uh, where, you know, the, the worst of the worst humans will just kind of disappear and cease to exist. What do they believe about sin and atonement? Well, They deny the doctrine of original sin. Right, there's no, uh, uh, there's no um, really uh, depravity of man as we were looking at today in John. Right, they would reject that. They would say, you know, um, humans are born innocent and they're actually unable to sin until a certain age or point. Right, that's what a bar mitzvah is for. Right, I think bar meets or talks about like able to mitzvah is the law. They're able to keep the law, and for young young boys, is at thirteen. Or Yeah, 13 and for young girls is 12 years old. And this is a ceremony that they do there. The, the, the community is, is saying, you are now an adult. We're going to treat you as someone who's responsible to keep the law. All 613 of them, right? No pressure. <laughs> right? So I, I found that interesting. Um, so it's a very simplistic view of sin, Right? Especially when you compare it to the Old Testament, sin was such a, a, a an offense to God, right? Where we see these these moments of you know the, the the earth opening up and swallowing people, right? Or or the stoning, right? But in in how do they deal with sin? What, how do they atone for their sin? Oh, it's just simply confess, confess to God. There's no priest, there's no mediator. Remember, so uh, a sin can be dealt directly with God unless it's committed. Towards another person, then you go and fix it um, with that person and seek their forgiveness. Right? Uh, I kept reading and I kept finding these these three things you must do to receive forgiveness. Uh, it's it's basically um, I have it here. First, you have to be since you have to give a sincere confession to God, right? next is you have to resolve to abstain from that sin and never to do it again and then you have to feel regret there's this 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 um this um word regret over and over when it when, when it came to sin you just have to feel sorry for yourself you have to feel um sorry what you did right it's just this regret of what you did. So, sincere confession, uh, uh, you know, resolve to abstain from that sin, that particular sin, never do it again, or re- resolve to never do it again, and just feel this regret, right? This sorrow over your sin, right? Um, I mentioned it could be dealt with God directly, and sacrifice is not necessary. I, I, I thought that was interesting that a lot of Jews say that sacrifice. Oh, go ahead. Um, Kathy? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mo- modern Judaism, exactly. Yeah, yeah, sacrifice is seen as unnecessary, and they would say where the scripture says in Hebrews and Leviticus, where you know without blood, there's no atonement for sin. They would say that. Oh well, that that is not. Uh, that doesn't mean it's absolutely necessary, right? Uh, it's it's just, I guess. I guess you can say optional. I, I guess what that that's the, the, the feel of what I was reading into, right? Um, personal confession is enough to atone for sin, right? To receive the forgiveness of God, right? And also good works and charity can cancel sin as well. Uh, and I, I, I got on threads just to know, you know, what does a common Jew, you know, you know, what, what is he saying about sin and, and, and how to atone for sin? And, and I, I saw this over and over. You know, good works, charity, what they call it, and and uh, Sedaka is um, just good works. And these can cancel out um, bad works. Right? It's just a simple merit good works system. Okay. And lastly, point number four, what, what do they believe about the Messiah? What do they believe about Jesus. Well, they await a Messiah to basically do four things, right? To bring about world peace and justice. Number two, they will. he will gather Jewish people from all the nations. He will rebuild the third temple, and he will reign as king in Israel, and he will be recognized by the whole world. That's basically what this Messiah will do. And so I asked this Orthodox Jew, well, what about Christ? Have you ever considered Christ as the Messiah? And he's like... Did he bring world peace? Did he re- rebuild the third temple? Did he is he did he gather Israel from all the nations? Right, and so you know there, there's a, a very strict uh, literal interpretation of those uh, of those um, um, passages, right? And not to say that there's not some in the Christian faith that believe those things, like dispensationalists uh, believe that with the millennial reign and all that, right? Um, but that's another topic. And they they sadly, obviously, reject Jesus, our Lord, right, as Messiah. What a perfect uh, combination of today's sermon and and this topic, right? They did not receive him. He came to his people and his people did not receive him. Wow. Some regard Jesus, some Jews regard Jesus as a good moral teacher, While others actually have this stain for him. that He's an imposter. He was a deceiver, right? He was like a a magician or a miracle worker. It's interesting to see those two views of Christ. And and most Jews have never really considered the possibility of Jesus being the Messiah. It's just kind of like, you know... A Mormon comes up to you and is like, oh, have you ever considered the, the, you know, the Mormon church? And you're like, no, I'm, I'm a believer. You know, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm a, right? It, it just doesn't, they've never really, what, what I have read is, is they've never really like thought of it. Like, oh, could Jesus be the Messiah? It's just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we just don't really think about that. You know? They've never really considered it. And based on Judaism, other sects and other cults have come from them. And one that is growing rapidly right now is the Hebrew Israelite movement. You guys heard of that? Hebrew Israelite movement. Go ahead, Andrew. I had a personal encounter with them uh, after I went to bartending school, and I came out, and they demanded that I uh, Bail down, out, so. bow down, bow yeah. down, and say sorry for being white, essentially, and they call me a white devil. Yeah, yeah. Very so racist. actually. Um, they had all this uh, Star David guard and stuff like that. Right. Right. Yeah, they're basically uh, what it's called. It's known as the Black Hebrew Israelite movement, where they basically say that in Deuteronomy 28, where it says that they will the, the Jews would be enslaved and would be taken in ships, they take that as the Atlantic slave trade, and so that's talking about black people, right? And so uh, uh, j- black people are the real Jews, or they're part. They're part of the tribe of Judah, and they usually come with a list of the tribes of Judah and they'll connect him to the different races that are supposed to be that tribe so like Mexicans are the tribe of Issachar right and like Indians are the tribe of uh, you know of of all these different tribes and white people and Asian people are the sons of Esau because it says in the Bible that Esau had a red skin and so they'll say like well what what color does a, a white man get when he's in the sun Right? he's like, And you're like, well, pink, red, is like, there, he's this child of Esau, he's the devil. And, and they believe that the white man is the devil, right? But it, it's interesting because this this is being just, like, this is exploding right now. Hebrew is, um, black Hebrew is the Israelite movement. Um, and it's all based on, on Judaism. They say the same thing. My, my cousin is actually one of them. I, I'm asking, well, how, how do you get saved? Like, how is one born again? Oh, just keeping the commandments. Oh, really? Because Galatians 5, and no one's justified by by the law, right? He's like, oh yeah, but let's not talk about that, right? They they believe that the King James Bible is the true word of God, and that King James was actually a black man. Yeah, they really believe this stuff, right? Not only that, but Jesus was a black man, and they'll get that from Revelation, where it says that his feet were burnt like bronze. The King James says that. And the idea of that text is that they're glowing, right? They're they bronze in a fire glows bright orange. But they said no, it's burnt. What color, what color is you know what, what color do, the, does burnt things turn? I'm like oh, black. Oh, Jesus was black, right? It's it's really you know you know we laugh, right? But th- this is. Um, we must be prepared for this kind of stuff, right? Also, different sexes like the Hebrew roots movement that we have seen um, throughout. Who's been, who's understood a little bit of, uh, been familiar with that Hebrew roots movement? Yeah, that the that basically when Christ died, he didn't. Um, um, absolve the 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 mosaic covenant. He actually reinstituted it, right? So uh, Christians must follow all the laws of of the mosaic covenant. The, the basically the same thing as Judaism, just you know, kind of slap Jesus on the back, right? So um, yeah, it could get, turn legalistic uh, really fast, right? <clears throat> and there's others. As well, but those are th- those are the main ones that, that I, th- I think, and I've seen personally people have gone astray and, and into those movements. So, how do we respond? How do we respond to these four basic, doc- you know, doctrinal um, um, points of Judaism? Well, remember First Peter three fifteen, right? We respond with gentleness and respect. Okay. The scripture says, "He who wins souls is wise, not he who wins arguments is wise." Right? How many of us have had people come to our door, and we we just simply try to really ridicule them, you know, uh, and, and just try to start a fight? And you know, whoever has that last word is the one who wins the debate. No, away with that. We are to respond with gentleness and respect, but also with the truth of God. Right? It says there in 1 Peter 3, honor Christ as Lord. We are to defend the lordship of Christ, the deity of Christ, right? And and we should do it well. So so I'll just start that. We share a commonality with uh, Judaism, with Jews. Like they are monotheists, we as well are monotheists. We believe in one God, in essence, three in person. Now, they would reject that we are monotheists, right? But we are monotheists as well. And we can build upon that commonality, right? We also believe the Old Testament is divine revelation. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture, particularly there, Paul is talking about the Old Testament, is inspired by God and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Right? We think of Christ, and Kurt mentioned that today. Jesus constantly would point back to the Old Testament to affirm it and to prove that he was the Messiah and the sent Son of God. Think of John 5 when he talks about those that fourfold witness, right? And one of those witnesses is the scriptures. You read the scriptures thinking that in them you'll find life, but you do not realize that they speak of me. Me. The Old Testament is is filled with messianic prophecies. It's filled with typology pointing to Christ. And we need to understand that. Luke 4, 21 um, talks about um, Isaiah 61. He reads Isaiah 61 to his disciples and he says, Today this prophecy is fulfilled. Right? Remember Luke 24 also, he opens the minds of his disciples, of those men in the road to Emmaus, to understand how all, every book of the Old Testament was actually all about him. So we believe in the Old Testament. We can use the Old Testament to point our Jewish neighbors, our Jewish friends, to a recognition of Jesus. At least to, to consider, hey, that's, that's kind that's of you know, how he, Isaiah 53, that, that kind of fits his life. Right, we take the whole of Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, to prove core doctrines of the Christian faith. And we, we we can say that to them. Yeah, I love the Old Testament. We 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 preach from the Old Testament, right? We can use the Old Testament to defend the deity of Christ, justification by faith alone, literally every doctrine that we believe. We can also encourage Jews to read the New Testament. Like which books? Which books would we recommend? Uh, our Jewish friends to read? Hebrews, Hebrews right? Matthew, right? Talking about you know, Jesus is the Messiah. That's the whole point of the Gospel of Matthew. What about Galatians, right? Paul's rebuke to the Judaizers in the church in Galatia. Amen. And in reality, we wouldn't believe the New Testament without the Old, Right? uh, On what basis do we believe the New Testament? On the old. It's pointing. It's connected. And one is not complete without the other. We also expose the utter hopelessness of a works-based system and a need for a mediator. Right? Isaiah 64. Our righteous rags. I mean, our righteous deeds are what? Filthy rags. how, how How do you get around that? That you think your your works are actually pleasing to God, when the Scripture says they're they're actually like un, they're they're filthy, they're filthy rags. Turn to Job nine, Job nine. If you have your Bible, I love Job nine. Uh, it, it's it's uh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. If you remember, Job is having this discussion of of. Of, um, with his friends, right, on why God allowed all this suffering to come into his life. And then Job answered and said, verse one, Tru- truly I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? What is that type of question? It's a rhetorical question. What do you do with the rhetorical question? You turn it into a statement, right? In other words, man cannot be righteous before God. How can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? Right? Turn to uh, verse 14. How then can I answer him and choose my words to reason with him? For though I were righteous, I could not answer him. Even if I were righteous... In other words, I'm not. Even if I were righteous, my righteousness is a human righteousness that doesn't compare to the holiness and perfection of God. Verse 16. If I called and he answered me, I would not believe that he was listening to my voice. This, this utter uh, um, humility in Job. I love what it says towards the end in verse 32 for he is not a man as I am that I may answer him and that we should go to court together in other words i can't i can't tell him hey god i'm a righteous guy i keep your law in fact you talked about me in chapter 1 and you told me you said i was blameless and upright in chapter 1 job was like i can't do that what does it say in 34 let Oh, sorry, in verse uh, 33. Nor is there what? Any, do you say I see it? What? Arbiter. Well, mine says mediator, the New King James. There's no mediator. There's no mediator between us. I can't talk to him without a mediator who may lay his hand on both of us. Oh, what a picture of Christ. Christ. The God-man, representing God, representing man, putting the shoulder on both of them. And he's saying, reconcile. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to each other. Something glorious that we can show to the, to the Old Testament. So we expose the utter hopelessness of a work-based system and a need for a mediator. First Timothy, right? There's only one mediator between God and man, the Lord. The man, Jesus Christ, right? Hebrews 9.15, right? All, all the, I think I mentioned it like three or four times, right, brother? Uh, where it talks about he is, a, he is a, a, a mediator of a better covenant established on better promises. Christ is the mediator between God and man. You guys are free to put input, please. Okay, don't feel like, um, you know, just lecturing you guys we also show the clear teaching and reality of original sin and its effects. Genesis 6.5, what does God say? He looked at the world and man's thoughts, his heart was continually what? Set on evil. Continuously, like over and over and over. That's this, this, all they, they conceived of was evil and evil and more evil, so much so that God wiped everybody out and saved only eight people. Psalm 51.5, we know this. David says, In and, and sin did my mother conceive me. I was brought forth in iniquity. Jeremiah 17.9, remember the words of the, the prophet, the heart is what? Deceitful and wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Right? Right? It also talks about, you know, Jesus talked about this. He he who commits sin is a what to sin? A slave. In Romans 5, we see the doctrine of original sin just explained gloriously, right? By the Apostle Paul, through one man, entered death into the whole world, right? And we can show that to uh, respond with that. Atonement, forgiveness must be provided by God and God alone and on his terms, Right? It's, it's not enough to say, oh yeah, I just confess and I feel sorry and I feel regret for my sin and that's okay. I mean, just apply that to law. Like if you steal a car and you say, well, judge, I'm really sorry. I feel really bad and I promise to never do it again. That's not justice. And on what basis can, can God forgive the Jew without a mediator? Well, they might say, well, he's a forgiving God. Yeah, but he's also the one that repays. He's just and the justifier. How does that happen? We go to the gospel. Man, Jesus Christ. We also, lastly, we point to the many, uh, the manifold, right, messianic prophecies fulfilled in Jesus Christ, right? Oh, I, I forgot to send out this, what I have in front of me to, the, to you guys, um, but I will. And at and, and that point, I have a, a link you can click on. And it's just a list of, of just messianic prophecies fulfilled in the life of Christ. Uh, to the detail, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the life of Jesus, right? I've heard testimonies of people using, Christians using Isaiah 53 as, you know, they just say, what do you think about this, about who do you think this, this scripture is about, right? And they read Isaiah 53 without telling them it's Isaiah 53, and Jews will say, oh, that's talking about Jesus. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but this is Isaiah 53, right, where it says, um, um, you know, um, he was pierced for our transgressions, right, for our iniquities, right. He's the, the lamb who, who was, he went silent to the slaughter, right. All these things point to Christ. Right, And then we, we can point also to the divinity of the Messiah. Not the divinity of Jesus, though Jesus is the Messiah, but we can show from the Old Testament that the Messiah would be divine. He will be, a de- he will be deity. Isaiah 9, 6, Unto us a child is born, he will be called what? Almighty God. The Prince of Peace. We can show that. Daniel 7 talks about the Ancient of Days. The Son of Man comes and he, He's going to reign forever. He's, he's eternal, right? All the glory will go to Him. and So we can show the, the deity of Christ. And also many Psalms talk about that as well. So um, these are the basic doctrines of um, Judaism and how we can respond to them. I'll be sure to, to pass these out um, through email. And so you can take a look.